Some films are mediocre Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Globe, BAFTA, or a SAG You like those flicks? Come get your fix In a podcast called Mixed Bag Kia ora. And welcome to Mixed Bag Where we review the mixed, muddled, meh And mediocre films of movie history I'm Cassandra I'm James And I'm Matt uh, and, and uh, yeah, we woo! we are coming to you hot straight hot the after press. the Oscars twenty twenty two. Yeah, um, those that follow me on Twitter will have seen we had a, a lovely Oscars themed banquet, um, and we're joined by friend of the podcast Lucas uh-huh. and watch watch some interesting events. Yes, on yeah, the yeah, screen. Yeah. So we're recording this um, quite a lot in advance this time yes. around. So we wanted by, our, our takes to be fresh. Yes, by now uh, it'll be two weeks to get acclimated uh, to the. To the events that occurred, the the um, the um, that occurred, um, because we uh, have had a special event occur, which means that we can't record. We yeah. just quickly get that out of the way. Where um, two of our hosts are getting married. Oh, take bets on which <laughs> one. Um, I'm getting married to myself. No. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, get so, my wife's name out of your mouth. Yes. One of the things that we have learned from the Academy Awards is You can to, never name a wife. Never. Ever. Um, <laughs> so I'm very proud to have married my wife. Um, Cassandra Tees. Um, oh, yeah. Now we said it. We now said we said it. it. Well, that's because we're not the Academy Awards here. And yeah. we actually aim to improve and develop yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, look, let's just have a chat about let's it, Let's talk about we're it. in the pop corner already. Pop, 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 pop corner. Um, but yes, this is the, the, the Oscars where Will Smith did slap Chris Rock. Yes. Um, we, we were like, ah, is this a bit? It must be a bit. No, this is not a bit. Uh, that was sort oh. of our thought process watching. Yeah. I just, I um, still haven't recovered. I'm still replaying it in my the head. The wildness, scenes. Still processing. Stay tuned for scenes from the Golden Globes. Oh. <laughs> the well, the Oscar. thing of it, it became a moment immediately because Jada rolled her eyes. So, so we yeah. were like, that's it, that's we a like, gif. Okay, she's, 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 she's not happy about that yeah. joke. We didn't understand the joke. We had to look up what it was. Yeah. Um, and, and Will coming up and then Chris Rock leaning forward being like, what is it? What are you going to do? looked like a planned like oscar yeah. because so it was the it, it third looked... of three um like comments about like partners right so it looked like oh this is the punchline um, um, i mean also, <laughs> it was the punch we thought it was like a and also i think punch. because chris rock kind of like played it off like yeah it after was, after yeah. it happened it was he really like, rolled whoa, he really like, rolled with the, the, pun- the punch he rolled with the yeah. punches well, um, and, and because it was shot in such a way that it was like far enough away that it looked like a napped like Napping means like like you yeah, fake like a punch you sort or whatever. Of do the clap noise, but you you're yeah. Just like, and so Chris was like, "I just got punched by Will Smith." Later, turned out it was a slap. Well, but. yeah, I think to me when it dawned was when Will Smith called out to get my wife's name out yeah. of your fucking mouth twice, yes. uh, which apparently was cut from the American broadcast. Yeah. But in Australia, New Zealand, uh, we just we, we don't we bleep our swears. Yeah, well, I I was like, oh, television. he swore it's real. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so you're like, okay, and like also his the way he was saying that was yeah, yeah, like, exactly, not with, joking, very with 
like pain vitriol. and yeah. vitriol in his voice. Incredibly intense. Um, and so once, looking into the the context yeah. of it, yeah. So it seems like what has happened is Jada Pinkett Smith has got alopecia, so she's lost a lot, a lot of her hair and has shaved her hair off to deal with that. And Chris Rock made a very like offensive joke about that. Um, mm. That was kind of yeah, like obviously it's a very sore point for her. And I think he's um, made similar jokes in the past. Yeah, possibly. I think often makes many bad jokes because he's yeah. not a very nice. No, man, I Chris mean Rock. towards towards Jada. <laughs> towards perhaps. Jada. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm like, look, I understand that there's some, there's some tensions. I understand the te- yeah. where the, where the, where the, where the intent comes came from. from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, this is the thing I'm like, I feel like if Will Smith had just done the yell, had just done the heckle. Yeah. I'm like, that's pretty shocking for the Oscars. Yeah. I think, um, I think that would have And that would have made his point without us involving, like, let's get Vis- up and violence, physically, yeah. physical violence. Um, yeah. and you know, let's, let's, let's not act like children. But then, of course, uh, the, the thing that, you know, was expected, but then since it became a sort of ticking time bomb for the rest of the Oscars, mm. is that Will Smith was going to be winning Best, Doctor, Best Actor that night. Yeah, yeah he's like clearly <laughs> the front runner. Like everyone knew he was going to win because um, he'd won all the other awards. Yeah, and so he chose to, to use his, his endless time because they were like, look, we're not going to play him off. We're just going to mm. let him speak because no. this is good television. Yeah, he, and he, uh, he used it as an opportunity to talk about protecting his family. Kind of doubling down. Very much on, doubling down. Yeah, and on, comparing um, that, his actions. And yeah, his and attitude. comparing that to the character that he played, who is quite a controversial person himself. Mm. This Richard, um, what's his full name? Williams. Richard oh, Williams. why is it called King Richard? Oh, okay. It's just his, his, his nickname. His title. His moniker. I have, I yeah. have not seen King Richard. Yeah. Um, his name isn't actually King Richard. <laughs> no, I know that. Big surprise. What? It's so he was playing Richard the Third, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Big hunch. Yeah, who has also, like, has controversies in terms of, like, Yeah, it was very much, the phrasing in this speech was about being, like, a protector of women and, like, a defender of women. It was very, like, and it was couched in this kind of religious rhetoric about, like, God has sent me to be, like, a vessel for protecting... Protecting his co-stars as well. Yeah, all his female co-stars, specifically. He was gonna thank them anyways, but then he incorporated that into his speech, into, like, this thread that he's woven. Um, the, the narrative that he's pushing the narrative that he's pushing at, which is is just the sort of real height of masculine ego and yeah. like toxic masculinity and this this sort of construction of husband father as patriarch and as defender that I think really like I think you can have the argument that like oh you know in some ways he's justified like you know ableist jokes should be should deserve a punch and I'm like in some ways I'm like if Jada Pinkett Smith had gone up and slapped Chris Rock mm. for saying that about her I might have a different take on this than the fact that Will Smith decided that it was up to him to do this as like uh, a knight in shining armor for his wife, that it was like his job as patriarch of the family to defend her honor. That seems like such a very like old fucking like people somebody caught to caption this is like the last jewel this is the last jewel yeah i don't think you should like anyone no but i'm like i can understand especially not in a public setting like yeah yeah. it's just crazy how monumental this is like i mean this is i feel like this will be like something that'll be talked about for years to come Mm. like nipplegate or like yeah yeah something that would reverberate throughout pop culture like we just witnessed it and i still haven't like the power of live television honestly see these things happen um 
But yeah, because I can see a lot of people that are like from the disabled community in some ways feeling very seen by this and being like, yes, like I wish that, you know, like uh, like people always got punched every time they made like disabled, like just jokes about people's disabilities. And I'm like, I totally empathize with that. Obviously, like, but (laughs) like, I think in this particular, yeah, in this context, it's like, I think it's much more of a, an example of toxic masculinity it's than so it is weird. about like any sort of conviction about, you know, disabled rights and not being mean to alopecia sufferers. Yeah. yeah. And then throughout the night, there was like the scramble to, well, there was like people acknowledging it. So Amy Schumer kind of acknowledged, did I miss anything? And then there Which was- Which I think is probably the best way you can yeah, acknowledge yeah. it. It's just to be like, what? And then well, people like, talk about it, exactly. Were like trying to like- make definitive statements on top of Will's statement like Anthony Hopkins being like oh I think Will said it all like and it's like people want to because it's television it's the Oscars they're trying to shape the narrative yeah they want to acknowledge it but also yeah shape what it is after exactly. the fact, cool. you know, like yeah. but... Diddy came on afterwards to somehow did it. Was the introduction about the Godfather? Was yeah, that yeah, the next he, one? He Talking did, about yeah. the Godfather for some reason? Yeah. And well, he introduced the Godfather. Trying yeah. to like be like, they're going to sort it out, don't worry. Yeah. And it was like, okay. And, and unfortunately, these kind of like breaks from the program also interrupted other speeches. So like, we yeah, didn't we didn't get, get to see, see Summer Love's of Soul's speech. speech. They won the best documentary was yeah. what Chris Rock was supposed to be announcing. Well, it took the way the moment for them and yeah. everything that happened after all of those wins are kind it's of like it's very tainted by this yeah. experience this PTSD felt, of just like felt bad for oh all God. of these other other yeah. films yeah but yeah that's I'm so that's dominating the conversation yes. and, and it will be and like you already know like you'll by the you'll time you'll have this, had about six by this comes out, like yeah. so many think like pieces. think pieces but this is our raw unfiltered reactions yes um, just reeling from the moment yeah. Uh, what else happened? Crazy. Throughout um, the night? You know, Coda won Best Picture. Yeah. Jane won Best Director. Yeah. Jane said some very terrible today on my pronunciation. <laughs> she said Kiora Al- Aotearoa. Well, it was unusual because was like, she, right. the way that she <laughs> was <laughs> like clinging to that with her speech, it was her publicist had clearly life. been like, "You cannot go Don't off divert. the rail." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, and I thought that was the craziest speech of the season. Her, her previous, yeah, her, her previous, uh, directors was it yeah. Directors Guild or what was oh, the one where she did the Critics Choice, Critics Choice yeah. Awards speech? Oh, I mean, I did King see Richard, a good tweet, King... and I can't remember who said it, that saying that the now the Williams sisters should each get a chance to come up with Snapchat <laughs> Campion, <laughs> which uh, was funny. Yeah. King um, Richard is the it's, it's the messy it's the messy bitch of the season. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Um, where there was a danger around. So best picture is obviously the most volatile kind of area, and so Look, when they brought we're out still shaken from the Moonlight La La yeah. Land situation. So when they brought out Lady Gaga. And so we knew Gaga was doing it. We didn't yeah. know Liza Minnelli was doing Which it. Which is great. No, we're delighted to incredible. see Liza. But we were very delighted. We were, um, but we were worried. But w- yeah, once she started like talking and interacting, I was like, oh, maybe we should just clap for her. Yeah, because <laughs> she seemed kind of confused and disorientated yeah. a little bit. So Gaga had to be like, I got you, don't worry. Um, because she was like it, moving it, her papers. It was about. also already a night full of anxiety. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like, I mean, James already had like a mini panic attack. James with, is with sinking the, into the with, sofa, with, hiding uh, behind his... his... Even as early as you knew Jung presenting to Troy Kotsar. <laughs> yeah, which was which was lovely, don't get me wrong. That was but, great. Like, I think she, the only James was just about this. She, it's just like, everyone gets their moment in the, in the sun and to of like the like close up and then so she was just in the close up and it is on reflection really delightful but I was just worried that 
I don't know. She like, just was helping him because he can't. Like, it's harder to sign to when sign you've only got Oscar. you know yeah. one hand. Yeah. So yeah, it's, exactly. it's it's just it just Oscar for it, it. It didn't translate for like a couple of seconds, but once it was yeah, in her yeah, hand, I was yeah. like, oh, that's yeah. clear. Yeah. But um, it's an anxiety-inducing um, evening. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think um, a lot of it kind of like went as planned like Belfast up until the, the big slap moment and, yeah. I feel like it was kind of proceeding as planned yeah. there, there were some like so um, uh, uh, for Drive My Car uh, Hamaguchi uh, yeah. was like played off like twice um, yeah. and like had to really forcefully like trying to finish his speech I, I think he yeah. came to a point where it seemed like it was the end and then they started playing, playing the music and then he was like, like no. oh wait <laughs> yeah yeah um, but, um, which, I don't know. you know, that, but you know, uh, he won. They won for best international yeah. feature. Very. We're going to talk a bit more about Drive My Car. Um, Just a little bit. Yeah. Ariana Debose oh, and well. Jessica Chastain won their Oscars as and, well. Like, Ariana Ariana's did an incredible speech. First it was speech of the night. Yeah. Like so del- delivered with such heart yeah. and did such a great job of encapsulating. I think yeah, kind of all of the the meaningful aspects about her winning this award because she is the first yeah. like queer woman of color I think to ever win an Oscar. Yeah, no dark skin Latino woman. In the first well, yeah. that and it was so telling like that the west side story team like that were there that night just were like absolute pros like rachel ziegler was there like giving an amazing um presenting kind of uh sequence like it's just it's great to see the the mvps from that film um you know everyone except yeah. for Look, mike article. didn't get to be there i know no, it's a I shame know. it's a shame yeah um, um i yeah. yeah i think the the production was Better than I expected. I will give that to them. I mean, there were some questionable choices. There were some points where they're just like, we're going to just play a movie clip. And you're like, why... Yeah. Why is Tony Hawk introducing Why the James Bond segment? But especially this, this have Javier Bardem and Judy Dench were right there. Like, yeah. yeah. And like, why are we doing the 28 year anniversary of, of Pulp Fiction? Fiction? That's not a. But just just call it a, just call it a reunion of the stars. We yeah. don't have to make it the 20th anniversary. Because those stars were available. <laughs> yeah. They were vaccinated. But and it's a well, it's dinner. a big film. But just yeah. call it a reunion. It doesn't have to be an anniversary of the yeah, like. It was I, very the other ones made sense. So there was like yeah, 50 and 60. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, you know, not twice. Twenty years, you know, it's coming up. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, um, a technical sweep for Dune. We expected that. Yeah, um, I was hoping that West Side Story would get a couple of technical things. So yeah. for me, you know, you know, my Dune takes. It's not my favorite. I'm not. I'm. <laughs> I I'm think the only person that doesn't like it as much as everybody else does. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not um, a, a massive fan of it, but I think technically it's a really incredible. It's definitely. A, there's a lot of technical achievement for it. I just hoped it. I didn't think it deserved. To sweep every single category of the yeah. screenplay, though, is uh, some two... bad choices on yeah. the screenplay. Yeah. So one screenplay, <laughs> what was it? Uh, adapted screenplay was Coda. Yeah, um, which, I, is which I disagree. Controversial because all other films on that. Were so on that incredible. one, you've got uh, Beating Power of the Dog, which is a very good adapted screenplay. Drive My Car, An incredible, incredible screenplay. screenplay. Um, um, what else was it beating? Uh, uh, the Lost Daughter in 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 uh, in Dune. In Dune, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fine. So I'm like, I haven't seen Lost Daughter yet. Lost Daughter is fine. I didn't, really cool. I didn't okay. like the screenplay of Dune necessarily, but I thought, given everything I know yeah. about the book and how dense it is, like it is kind of quite an achievement for yeah. an adaptation. But I would definitely put both Power of the Dog and Drive My Car very I mean, head and yeah, shoulders above. For sure, above absolutely. Coda. I think um, I didn't hate it as much because she did direct the Best Picture winning film and she did improve upon the original. Yeah. So the adaptation is good. 
the film is just isn't as good as the other, other yeah, films. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, an original, we've got Belfast winning, which... It's a sentimental fine. pick, you know, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. I mean, Worst Person in the World, I think, was yeah. all of our yeah, three favourite ones. Yeah. But it was amazing that even got a nomination, so it wasn't... Ex- exactly, yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's what happened. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought Penelope Cruz was going to upset, but Jessica pulled it off in a beautiful gown in the end. Uh... Yeah, and beautiful speech. Um, yeah. I thought it's, you know, it just it's seems just like a really shame that it came after Will's speech. Yeah, yeah much but, but I thought she gave some nice shady kind of things around like, oh, there's been a lot of talk about love tonight, because that's one of the things we didn't mention. Along with protection, Will talked about love. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's, very, just, like, it's this mm-hmm. rhetoric of like, what... It feels like it's very much like my love for you is so powerful it makes me be, do physical violence, which is very much the domestic abuser's narrative, and yeah. I just find, I find that very uncomfortable as something to be espoused and cheered upon and like clapped mm. and applauded yeah, by standing some people. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that was I uncomfortable just, I, I, for me. Yeah. That like, well, the room was weird. It was split. Like, it was split. You definitely yeah. could hear some boos amongst and, and some, standing, some ovation. standing ovations. Exactly. So yeah. I'd be really interested to know, yeah, like what that vibe was like for yeah. people with it. Hey, it's I, happening. Never, as we record I this, mean, it's happening right now. In, in yeah. the next few hours, I will be knee deep in just the Some messy Twitter. And, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. my God. And yeah, I think, I think uh, that's stuff. pretty Oh, Megan The Stallion did some, yeah. she did some uh, rap verse in We Don't Talk About Bruno. Yeah. 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 Probably yeah. missed one. Yeah. Lynn, Fun. COVID, <laughs> cool. so. And Billie Eilish won Best Original Song for No yeah. Time to And she was so okay, I don't love that song, it. but I was happy for her. Yeah, like, she's a good musician. Yeah, I... We talked about it when it was happening. Like love, genuine reactions to winning. Like, oh, she oh, was very excited. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. They really are. I yeah. love when people win, and you know, Diane Warren loses yet again. Write a good song, Diane. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. but we did get to see Trish from our we favorite. We did get to see Trish, favorite star, Reba, of Star, Reba yeah. McIntyre. There were some um, references to what was going on in, in Ukraine at the moment, and um, but not. But always like gently kind of alluded to. I've more seen than a couple anything. people on Twitter that were like feeling that the. the the memoriam section was kind of an appropriately oh, upbeat sure, but i'm yeah. like it's i don't celebration know i, I enjoyed life, that yeah. it decided to go for a more gospel kind of mm. sound which uh, i think well, still it, it feels different. kind of appropriate as opposed yeah. to the very sort of maudlin stuff you usually have to get over the i really liked it i thought, I it, was thought it was kind of yeah yeah, yeah. And we start talking about celebrating life. Uh, uh, we started the Oscars with Beyonce's pre-recorded, like oh, pretty incredible. Yeah. What's it called? A lot li- being be alive. Be, be alive. alive from yeah. King Richard, All the messy <laughs> bitch of the season. All Yet in a tennis ball kind of chartreuse. I think oh, you called it. Yeah, yeah. so good. Um, yeah, I really like that song. It was really. It's nice to have that kind of positivity in that. Mm. Um, Overall, yeah. a, a memorable Oscars. A memorable Oscars is it a good one? Mm. <laughs> it's, know, well, definitely will not I'm leave my mind. I'm very interested to know what happens next year. Yeah. For the Oscars. How do they? What do they do? I don't know. Yeah. Just oh oh, sorry. We've forgotten one final major okay, piece is the um the the most iconic scene of the year. Um, <laughs> number five, we had the oh. Matrix. Yeah. Uh, bullet time dodging. James, you're getting yeah. about the most popular film, but you know, yes, we have that too. Number four, I, I am telling you, I'm not going. Oh from yes, Dream from Dreamgirls. Okay. Number three was Avengers Assemble at yeah. the end of Endgame. Number two was Spider Man. One of the yeah. homes. One of the Spider Man. It's, it's when the three no Spider Man 
Spider-Man and Spider-Man come together. Oh. Yeah, and we're like, oh, that's pretty big. What's going to be the first? And it was, of course, when the Flash enters the... The Speed, the speed Force. The Speed Force. <laughs> like, in reality... And it's so long. Like, he's, like, so working this is his a, way. This also, is a scene from the Snyder Cut. No, so, no one remembers that scene outside of the people who watched the Snyder Cut. Which yeah. a very rabid fan base. But and also, so the, the way that this, these two awards, the fan favourite award and the <laughs> best scene ever award, um, were just, yeah, like a website where people could just vote. Yeah. And it's the stupidest thing in the world. The Zack it, Snyder it, it stance exactly, came through. Yeah. It was real filmy. Well, in the movie too. Like it was yeah. filmy McFilm face. And, and it made for like the best jokes on Twitter. Like, uh, and, yeah. I mean, it was, it's, it's a Where time. were you when the Flash entered the Speed Force? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, um, God. yeah, just so many What a surreal jokes. Oscars, honestly. Uh, Judy Dench was there since, for the first time since 2006. She was having a great Why? Time. Why did she fly out? She wanted she to could see have, Kenneth win. That's true. Her reaction yeah. shot. To me, I'm just like, Queen, you could have kept, caught COVID, okay? Like, I know. They could have at least just fired the extreme snowboarders and got Judy yeah. Dench to present the Bond thing. Exactly. That would have, have been cool. That would have been great. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, the top five, like, crowd favorite films. Like... Yes. So, we, number five was... Tick, Tick, Boom, I think. Tick, Tick, Tick Boom. Boom. Good film. Actually has some Oscar nominations. Yeah. Number four was... Is that the Johnny Depp film? Yes. No, I think four was Spider-Man Far From Home. No, no, that was three. I'm pretty and sure. And then three was So number was four was Johnny Minamata, Depp. which was the Johnny Depp one. Number yep. three was Spider-Man Far From Home. Number, number two, two Cinderella, Cinderella, the James Corden Thrust movie. Yeah. Um, and number one... Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. Yeah, from the as in Zack Snyder, his yeah. Netflix film. Hey, the moment he gets nominated, watch out. Um. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Looks, uh, yeah, I think Zack Snyder, good man. Good man. Uh, nice I mean, man, bad fans. Yeah. <laughs> Rabbit fans. Yeah, had a rough time, um, and but I just wish he made better films. Yeah, um, he'll have his Peter Farrelly moment. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I've liked, like... I like Dawn of the Dead. I think that's his first film, the remake, and Three Hundred. I like Three Hundred, yeah. Um, Never seen it. But which is, I, you know, but also I was very, politics. I was very young when I saw Three Hundred, yeah. and more susceptible to. I remember it. James being completely flawed when I said that I'd never seen Three Hundred, and I'm like, I was never a fourteen year old boy. <laughs> yeah, there's the end of fanboy coming out. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a little like mini Snyder, Snyder me inside, <laughs> um, but that kind of switched off when I saw Watchmen, and I was like, oh, this is a terrible adaptation it's of the book. It's uh, it's interesting. Watchmen. It's interesting. It could be a mixed bag. It um, could be. Yeah. So has anyone else seen anything in this popcorn before we move to our feature? I want to do a little bit of a drive my car recap, and then I've got another yeah. film that we, you that you and I watched that I don't know if you have. But yeah. let's, let's talk drive my car quickly. I, I love this incredible film. screenplay, Beautiful. incredible picture, it's, mm. it's incredible ensemble. I the will acting. say, um, if you're seeing a five o'clock session like James and I did, eat first because you're gonna oh, at sure. certain point. There was a point when he goes to the the Korean couple's house and they're serving a delicious oh, Korean banquet, delicious. and I was. Like I am gonna keel over. Like I need to get some of my emergency blood sugar snacks <laughs> in my bag and just eat them. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> just be pretty warned that it is a three-hour film, but it is worth the three hours. Oh yeah, I. It's a ride. Fastest three hours of my life. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's like a nice car ride. Engaging. All the performances. You in, so good. Intriguing, enigmatic. How would but you summarize you know? it? If someone hasn't heard of Drive My Car. So I would say it's the story of uh, this particular. Um, 
film director, uh, not film director, uh, theatre director. And who, actor, um, yeah. Yeah, theatre director and actor who is putting on a production of Chekhov's Uncle Vanya um, with this uh, cast who are all using different languages. It's part of how he puts theatre together. Um, at the same time as, as dealing with uh, the passing of his wife two years before. Um, and his relationship and friendship that forms with the chauffeur that is assigned to him who's also going through a lot of trauma in her own life. Mm. Um, and I would say that. And I think if the first 40 minutes of the film, you're going to be sitting there going, what? What's, this is nothing not, like what not I was told. Because that's what I was thinking. And then uh, 40 minutes in, the, the credits come in. Oof. And you go, ah, oh, that was all prologue. Yeah, it was the prologue, yeah. It's now now we're we starting with It's a badass move. It's like, oh, I, no. I chuckled. I chuckled aloud when the yeah, credits were the audacity so to your scare. Like, <laughs> yeah. I like that he dropped two films this year as well. Yeah, and I, like, but now I want to see Wheel, Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy. It's it's shot up my watch list. Yeah, mm. um, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, it was incredibly moving. Um, I would just affirmed my my love for Chekhov. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I really want to see his production. The production looked looks so amazing. interesting, so oh, transcendental. Right. Like just about what it says about language. I was like, oh. the the writing was so good to it works on so many levels yeah. like it's um and also the, the young young actor playing uh watari the 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 driver she's also very good she's got this kind of very understated yeah. like yeah. performance um, there's this this yeah. young guy character oh yes he's incredible mm. he's but such I mean, a like the yeah, the sort of bad boy actor character but well, they do so much fun stuff with him well that's at first i was like i don't know if he's doing it for me mm. and then the more you get to know the character the more you you know, like you get to know that he's actually intentionally playing him that way. Yeah. And then he gets a big scene and uh, knocks it out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> drives it out of the parking <laughs> lot. <laughs> um, and there is I such would be an very interested to know what that cast is talking about right now after the events of the Oscars. Because oh, yeah. yeah. that character is definitely like, that, his whole thing is that he can't stop himself from punching people. Oh, my uh, God, yeah. <laughs> there is such an appreciation of like the art of like, driving and giving yourself over to like somebody else in that like quite beautifully observed way of just Mm. like how to like handle a vehicle and 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 how that kind of yeah as a as a metaphor for like relationships or friendships that it's just yeah so many like small beautifully observed um interactions and kind of friendships that are yeah and observations about life that are just really really kind of precious and shows up in a lot of Chekhov as well it feels mm, like a beautiful mm. kind of match it's also adapted from a Murakami short story where like it feels like it takes what it needs from Murakami yeah. but and also... I think he, he also uh, takes elements from a couple of other short stories from Murakami in right. the same yeah. collection I was gonna say I think I felt like it in some ways it elevated what I know like I haven't read these oh. short stories but I like Murakami but I do find that sometimes his work can be quite cerebral and not necessarily emotionally affecting and um, i felt this was always very emotionally exactly truthful. i also um you know i read a passage that was from the um short story and the main character notices um the driver's breasts mm. which is you know a very murakami thing classic you know, murakami leering old man i know <laughs> and like a lot of that has been you know erased for the film yeah i love that they really set this up as a friendship and a sort of father-daughter relationship absolutely um, the dread because this year um it's been age gap relationships have been in film the dread was palpable (laughs) in me of like oh god are they gonna get together um yeah which we won't give away if they do or not yeah exactly yeah um but we have to talk about hidetoshi nishijima 
He was amazing. The lead guy. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. just very good. Just the, a ball of repressed grief. Yeah. And, um, and it's like that kind of strange thing where he's kind of a cipher for a lot of it. Um, and you're trying to like poke into what he's good. feeling, but you can kind of tell that there's still elements held. It feels like... And also, when it all pays off at that ending, yeah. oh. at, the, at the, in the, the, the snowy bank embankment at yeah. the old village, it's just... Oh. Um, it feels similar to like... I, I don't know if this is a good comparison or not, so whatever, drag me. But like, you know, like Ben Affleck and Gone Girl where you're like, <laughs> what is his deal? And you like, you can't fully like get at him. Although I there's guess, more of like a psychopathy. Like thing, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's like, but yeah, Ben Affleck and Gone Girl meets Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea. I think that's, sure. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Grief. Um, I forgot what I was saying about him. Oh, just such movie star energy from him as well. Mm. He's just yeah. like, he can command the street. Like, very believable as this director or actor yeah. kind of yeah. figure, you know? Well, like, it's he's this, great. This difficult thing with like. This prestige and gravitas. Yeah, yeah. films yeah. about yeah. art where like Carries. it shows you the art and you're like, it has to be pretty good. Yeah. And there's scenes and it's from so this chick And rarely does it f- fulfill yeah. that when yeah. you see like a theatre piece on I, a film. But when yeah. you see him performing, like performing, he performs a bit of Godot and some Chekhov that you're like, oh no, this is... Yeah, I like, can this see guy why would this be famous. <laughs> I just also just enjoyed like the, the different cast of characters from like yeah. all across, the different Asian, like... Um, we love languages the, just we like love hearing the, them like, the Korean couple there's like a what sort of is a spoiler revealed that yeah a couple, yeah um who are both just like I think somebody posted like a picture of the guy's face and we're just like this is just the guy who's like the best like good guy energy of any yeah. film yeah. in 2022 yeah. um you're just like we just we just love him that's just really lovely it's yeah. Great. yeah and the relationship with his partner which we get in the prologue is really fascinating as yeah. well it's a very believable marriage Absolutely. and you can see where it would have worked and where it would have not yeah um, and you worry is it just going to fall into these like not cliches but like a, a more standard kind of structure um and it doesn't um fall into those yeah yeah so i said they're both like that late 40s early 50s and they look amazing hot Incredible. Yeah. Very difficult hot butter section if we're like, able to do that, mm. which we won't because it's not a mixed it's bag. It's not a mixed bag, so it won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so I also wanted to just quickly talk about another um, another great film from Asian director, uh, which is After Yang. Um, oh, which, from Koganada. Uh, James and I saw recently, and I yeah. will say, like, is it good? for me, this one got me so hard. <gasps> I wept. Wow, all Yang. right. I think it's something about, and I think if, we, if you're a, a regular listener, and you return to our like Cloud Atlas segment. Mm. Um, and I think all of the things that I felt that Cloud Atlas let me down on mm. in the Duna Bay section, where it's about robot self-actualization or clone self-actualization in that mm. context, this film like really works so hard to to tell that story in such a moving and like very beautiful and empathetic way. And it's all about, yeah, it's this like Colin Farrell's character is kind of sort of our main point of view person, but it's sort of about him and, and his wife realizing that this this robot companion that they have so so yang is this like big brother character that basically mm. they've got a chinese adopted daughter um and they've sort of hired like they've like they've, they've, they've bought this robot yeah. so that uh he can be like a big brother figure and can help her like understand more about her cultural heritage mm. um as well as sort of in some ways kind of serving as like a babysitter for them like yeah, they, sure. they often leave her with yang a lot yeah, and yeah. very um, early in the film yang, yang breaks yeah. yeah so during the opening credits yang breaks and he, he he's uh yeah either like they're not sure if they're going to be able to fix him or not mm. um but during the process of investigating how to fix him. And at first it's kind of like, you've got a phone that you've got to take back to the the Apple store, you know, (laughs) but you Mm. bought it secondhand, so you can't. Um, Over the course of that, 
it's about these other characters realizing what Yang's understanding of the world was and what he like how he lived and his own desires and his own kind of yeah like what that that he was a person Mm. and it's really like from their perspective of them understanding like oh he was um yeah he he was in some ways even though he's not human he had a soul and he had consciousness and he had like yeah and he had love and it's just like Oh, it just, it just absolutely, I was just like weeping throughout this film. Yeah. There was a certain point where it just got to me and I was just like, <laughs> and James was just very like, oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I think, you're right, Cass. I, I think it just, you just didn't quite get to you the same way as it yeah, got to me. I think but it's a, I, oh. I thought it was a really beautiful film um, as well. But I think in terms of like, cause you started sharing articles afterwards and that was, was, it's working on a, on a number of kind of levels that didn't, I didn't pick up on mm. right away where it's kind of commentating on that kind of, um, like um asian kind of stereotype of like perfect excelling but we never get to know their kind of interior life um yeah. which happens in a lot of films it's, it's very much a a really specific subversion of an excavation of the trope of the, mm. the asian robot or like the the asian right. servant mm. um and i think it's yeah it's so it's so specific that he's chinese like it, that, that, mm. that, that, that it's a this this robot that's been brought in to be the the chinese figure in this little kid's life um and it's yeah i think it's such an interesting like look with that heritage of you know science fiction depictions of asian people in mind and like the way that asian inflected dystopian futures are kind of seen like it's a really interesting thing where this is a really asian inflected future Mm. but in a totally different way and like the earthenware teacups way Mm -hmm. not in terms of the like giant like billboards in tokyo and shibuya Mm. way right right, and i've like kimono like gowns yeah but it's very like yeah it's all like organic fibers and like colin farrell's character like owns a tea store and like people come in and like where are the tea crystals and he's like we don't we don't do crystals we just have leaves here and they're like Uh. okay like you don't have tea crystals what the fuck like (laughs) um so it's a yeah like it's very interesting and how that kind of simple thing is like look we're gonna still explore like asianness of the future but we're gonna do it in a really unexpected and interesting way anyway i took it's aesthetically beautiful like what it's saying about like what it means to be human is so profound Mm. i just loved it yeah yeah i saw another film also um i saw flea which is about the the harrowing journey of you know one boy now man's um you know journey from afghanistan to denmark and you know separating from his family and learning about his sexual identity and all that stuff. And it's quite, you know, harrowing and tragic, but quite life-affirming as well in the end. I think I wanted more from the animation. Like, Mm. um, I wanted it to be not just, you know, perfunctory. Like, Mm. but there are some images which which are quite moving. And the story itself is like, you get so much from this man's perspective, this personal story. It's very touching. And there's some sequences that are really... Uh, rousing and just just get to you and, and it's so life affirming um but yeah it's a beautiful film I, I i think i just wanted more from the animation right. you know? like what was the purpose of the animation to me why is it animated yeah. as opposed to live action exactly yeah yeah i mean i i have to say i think that i didn't another thing i didn't like about this oscars was the decision to have like a whole lot of disney princess live action stars come out and present oh, sure, this animated yeah. feature with this monologue that was this very like 
kind of condescending like mm. we're doing the kitty films now because all animated films are yeah. for little kitties mm. and all parents you just have to sit through them over and over and like children love them but parents yeah. and it's like it's just like are we are we not beyond that are we not beyond yeah. this yeah. constant infantilization of, of animation i know I, I really wanted flea <laughs> to win just to be like fuck you and that narrative yeah. like oh my god it's and, just so disrespectful to all the people working in animation but, that it's like oh this is only yeah. children could ever do this and like, also animated films like <laughs> like the best animated films don't work on that like they work on larger levels anyway like something like you know even if they are with a family audience in mind yeah, yeah they're, like they're mitchell's not. and the machines which was nominated like is like can play to like kids but also to adult like it's yeah. built yeah. for like a family film yeah i yeah no but <laughs> flea, anyway, it's a little bugbear of mine <laughs> flea, flea is um, a really good film and i'm sad that it went over three but it was just up against some very tough competition yeah um and maybe in another year it would have won mm. because going over three is rough but yeah. it did you know but Getting but, but, three nominations in three different categories yeah, totally. is an achievement in itself. And it will forever be remembered for that. So it will have its own legacy. Yeah. yeah. Outside and, of winning. And talking about being forever remembered and having its own legacy. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, good one. I think it's time to talk about Audrey Hepburn and Breakfast at Tiffany's for our feature presentation. Feature presentation. So, dear reader, remember when we, um, (laughs) a couple weeks ago, I think a couple episodes ago, Mm -hmm. we kind of mused about not doing older films. Mm. Yes, we realized that we are very, like, myopic in terms of what films we remember (laughs) and think about, and they're all things from within our lifetimes, generally. And I think our culture informs that as well, like, Netflix intentionally, like, like brings forward the most recent stuff. And it's very rare that you actually see like a classic film like mm. on there or on a lot of the um, on the streaming services. Yeah. So for this episode, I think also buoyed on by the fact that we did Cloud Atlas, which had Indeed. a lot of yellow face and mm. interesting makeup um, in it. So we uh, we wanted to test the waters with, with something that like I think a lot of people mm-hmm. know, maybe have not watched. I hope some of you have watched it. Um, but w- this week we chose Breakfast at Tiffany's, um, the iconic um, Audrey Hepburn performance, mm-hmm. Audrey Hepburn imagery, mm. um, birth, uh, a thousand million white girls live, laugh, loving yeah. throughout history. So many, so many posters on the walls, <laughs> so many tote bags, yeah. so many decorative cushions. An iconic poster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like the uh, manic pixie dream girl. Yes, like, well, we, we can have a, a bit of we'll a talk discussion about. about. It. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, this is the the Truman Capote um, adaptation, uh, and it's done by Blake Edwards, who did some Pink Panther films. Yeah, I think I'd seen this like ages ago. Yeah, and yeah. kind of remember some of it. I kind of forgot what happened, but I knew what the general storyline was. Yeah, I definitely watched this as a teenager with, I think, my mother, and then it was definitely a case of her putting it on, being like, this is a lovely film, and then us going like, ooh, every time Macaroni <laughs> popped up. Uh, and I also have, uh, I own the book somewhere, I've read the book. Um, it's different. Um, I didn't oh, talk about love it, it we'll but talk it's, it's it, definitely yeah. interesting to talk about how they, they are, how it works as a piece of adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very much the same. I had seen it, and uh, I think maybe during my period of Thousand One Films You Must See Before You Die, <laughs> just ticking it off, and had a similar thing of like, huh, ooh, ooh, um, when Mickey Rooney showed up in Yellowface. We'll talk about him later. Yeah. My my um, my friend Mickey. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you haven't seen Breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah. um, I guess I will be providing yes. an, <laughs> a full rundown. Well, in one it's, minute. It's yeah. Matt's turn for the plot. Away. It's movie in a minute. And are you ready to go? Uh, sure. All right. I'm going to count you down. Three, two, one, go. Um, so Breakfast at Tiffany's is about Holly Golightly, who befriends her new neighbor, um, Paul Varjak, who she calls Fred after her brother. Um, and Paul is a writer who is getting paid uh, for companionship by an older lady, while Holly is like a social butterfly who enjoys the company of like uh, rich men. Um, she tries to marry this the ninth richest man over under fifty, but that goes awry. And We're then halfway. She, she run. Um, and after that, I mean, Paul. Um, comforts her uh, in a day of trying new things and then they kind of fall in love and then suspiciously she she um is engaged to this brazilian man uh but who's also rich but uh it doesn't quite work out in the end because uh holly reacts badly to her brother being killed and she he doesn't want that in her life she was also a um right. poor before out of time uh, and you do forget that she is arrested as well that's right <laughs> She was visiting a mob boss in prison but and I thought, passing on codes. I thought your description yeah. was very accurate to how this film is kind of experienced sometimes. It's like, <laughs> Look, it's very episodic in some ways. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. This, like... But yeah, she was poor before, so, you know, yes, she and really... Married and as married as a child. Yeah. At, at, at 14. <laughs> at 14. The whole plot point, yes. yeah. And, yes. and she, uh, Holly Goatlightly is not actually her name. It's Lula Mae Barnes. And, mm. um, and we've talked about Mickey. Yeah, she doesn't figure into the main plot but he pops up mm. as mr Yunioshi, uh her japanese landlord or, or upstairs neighbor it's not clear neighbor. i think yeah. he's definitely either a landlord or the upstairs neighbor yeah. of the, yeah. the brownstone and how does it finish up <laughs> oh yeah and and then um she decides to go to brazil anyways but um in the ride to paul confesses his love and you know they the cat goes the cat missing. Goes mis- well, the cat gets released yeah, gets to the rain, and then she really actually wants the cat. And uh, I guess she'll she'll stay with Paul because of it. Yeah. And they become like a one of those couples that is like bonded over a pet. Yeah. Um, and is, then you know they play yeah. Moon River oh, again and again and a again lot, a lot a lot yeah. And Moon River is where this it was made for this movie. Um, yeah, uh, the great Harry Mancini. Yeah, and we hear um, Audrey Hepburn singing it. We actually yeah. get to hear her singing voice in this film, unlike my I believe fair lady. This one, it is her voice. I think it, it's very yeah. much it her sounds voice. Like yeah. It, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Imagine if they got someone to sound exactly like that. Little 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 oh my bit. god! Yeah, an impersonator. Um, so that is the plot. But now it's time to get to. I don't know if this is going to be a very long segment, but we'll, we'll talk not, about I it. Mean, we'll there, see. There's, it's time for our most visually pleasing. I mean, there's some hot people in this. There yes. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, like, look, obviously, like, Audrey Hepburn is the most hot in this film for me because she is just luminous. Like, she's beautiful. She's All her yeah. outfits are great. Uh, she's also just so dazzling and charming in her performance, I think we'll talk about, but I think she, she, yeah, is just very beautiful and flighty and everything else. But I would also like to say Patricia Neal is beautiful in this as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. As a 2E, I believe is 2E, yeah. 2E is mm. her nickname, which I guess she's got well, the I actually, start with E. Yeah, um, yeah. I had to like, um, put on the subtitles to like figure yeah. out what her name was. Like, I was like oh, looking it up e. afterwards. I was like, and I was oh, like I yeah, yeah. Cause I was like, is that her room number? Like, yeah, what, is, what yeah. is it? But it's, uh, um, yeah. I guess it's, yeah 
she, two E's. She's got two E's in her name, like yeah. initials. Um, yeah, I think Audrey Hepburn is hot, especially in that scene where she's um, coming out of bed. Mm. And she puts on that that like that that she's shirt. Like, Turn dress. around! Oh no! Don't bother! I that shirt. Oh, she's so hot. And, <laughs> but I think it's what's his face, Paul. George Papard. Uh-huh. It's the oh, eyes. Yeah. It's All right. this. It's, he's he's very bland to me. I, he's got no personality, Matt. I was um expecting it to be Audrey, but then I saw his eyes and I was like, it's the eyes. It's the eyes for me. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's it's Audrey because uh, she is able to like like she looks incredibly glamorous and like beautifully put together. But then also in the film, which you might forget if you're just thinking of the um, the most famous iconography in the posters, like there's that side of it. But then she also does have like this like kind of girl next door like kind of Honestly, like she's just in like it's like she's in sweatpants and stuff just but this in is, a shirt lounging about. I think this is Audrey well. at her hottest. Honestly, because yeah. like she's not. There's something not sexual about Audrey Hepburn. She's very, like, elegant. You mm. know, she's very classy. She's not like, you know, Marilyn Monroe, who this part was originally yes, intended Truman for. Yes, Truman Capote was very, like, mm. upset because they didn't cast Marilyn she's Monroe. She's not, like, True. she doesn't exude vulgar energy. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, she's not a thought. But this is the one where she's kind of messy. Like, she's still put together, mm. but she's a bit more sexual. Like, this character, you could, you know she has sex. I think a lot so of So that's it... kind of appealing. Yeah, you know? a lot of it comes into, like, how other films that I've seen Audrey Hepburn, like, in, or, like, the promotional imagery, like, her hair is always, like, very set and, like, mm. down, whereas this, there's so much volume to it. It's I, up. It's I lo- very yeah. sexy When hair. it's down, she's so hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas it's usually, like, kind of small, like, uh, like it's like an and updo, kind of like a, it's yeah. like a it's like a teacher um, hairdo, I think, like to me. In terms of like its beehiveiness, yeah, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, sort of. Or it's like mean. usually up like against her like head, like Sabrina yeah, yeah, or yeah. like Roman Holiday, where it's like I don't know, and it's more like this cute coquettish kind of thing, which is also you know it can be. I think she often has like a more sort of princess vibe. Yeah, here yeah, it's yeah. very much you know she's like smoking a chain smoking and she's finding her shoes like under the bed and one well, in the it's, bouquet it's, it's both right because her iconic yeah. look is very much that kind of glam mm. divorced from the context of the movie it's like what you think of is Audrey Hepburn it's very elegant she's like dripping in jewels mm. um, but then yeah she also gets to be messy and, and kind yeah. of playful the fun of the character is that she's yeah. not yeah. like that all the time yeah, 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 yeah. She, she's able to put to turn that on yeah and she gets to do that in a similar way with My Fair Lady as well which is you know, I didn't think she fun. was hot. She's not Eliza. hot in it, but she gets to be like messy and goofy and silly. Yeah. Mm, but she does sure. get to do in this one too. Um, but that's more like, ow, which is, you know. <laughs> what was that? That's, that's actually a pretty good oh, Eliza impression. <laughs> I, I was like, what was that? That's how Eliza. It's my fair lazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to, it's, it's, so I, I got it, I got your it. Your territory on it, um, your uh, interest in it maybe. Yeah, cool. Well, now that uh, we have the hot out of the way, now it's time to talk about what we liked about the film. I feel like we're just a, a seamless transition into to Audrey Hepburn here. She's yeah. very charming. She's very winning. Yeah, mm. I think like Colleague Golightly is just a really like fascinating character mm. in a really interesting way. And I think it's interesting what James has just said about her being kind of this proto-manic pixie dream girl mm. character. Because I think in, in many ways she's got those personality traits like she's this charming but she's also so spontaneous so she's a bit of a mess she's kind yeah. of like you know uh, she's got great style yeah she's stylish but also she's kind of silly and not yeah. necessarily very um, everyone falls organized. in love with her everybody yeah. immediately yeah. falls in love with her but i think that in some ways the the pejorative use of that trope 
like doesn't apply to this character because she also had like we do see like kind of the sort of deep existential sadness of this character yeah. like she is from this poor background she the reason that she sees all these men and is kind of yeah like um uh yeah it's like on that sort of line of being a sex worker right where exactly, she's kind yeah. of she's 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 letting men pay her for her company but she's also not you know like relenting into to mm. letting them have sex with her but she is also yeah kind of in that very precarious sort of profession where it's kind of it, it's yeah it's it's very complicated and difficult and like she's very um yeah at any point could be cast back into poverty yeah is um really like yeah the the, the sort of terror of that is, is really played into it i don't think it's really played for laughs in a way that it no. could be and we get a level of interiority to her like it's still like framed mostly through like paul's point of view like we largely see her when he's with her mm. i don't know if we get many scenes by herself. Yeah. um but like yeah she she is like there is like a tragedy to this character that is really fascinating and like yeah. her relationship with her brother is so strong and like yeah that that moment that sort of i guess emotional climax in some ways for for her is when she finds out that her brother fred has been killed in the yeah. army um which is really tragic there's also that factor that the the film also interrogates her as a character mm. like um, the Martin Balsam character, the OJ character, asks um, Paul straight away, do you think she's a phony? Yeah. Mm. And he, she's like, I don't think so. And she's like, I think she's a phony. I think she's a, but she's the realest phony yeah, there exactly, is. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. And so there's a form of like, people, you know, the film knows that she is putting this on and like yeah. the characters have that kind of awareness of mm. this character not being quite what we think she is from that very beginning. And it's kind of like, the, and as we go on in this journey, we see, hmm. you know, that kind of image collapse in and of itself and just see the, the cracks of, of all, you know, the sadness that brought about yeah. this kind of character emerging how, from Lula May. Like, and how difficult it is to, like, for her to sort of be this ravishing, engaging, charismatic person. She has to be happy all the time. And, and that's really difficult God, when like your day-to-day life it's is not so maryland day. though it's like yeah. lula may barnes norma jean mm. yeah 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 it's very like clearly it was yeah. written with maryland in mind and it, it does it, i would really have loved to see what like i think audrey Hepburn does a beautiful job of it but I, yeah. I would love to have seen a Marilyn monroe version of this of this film as well yeah um but yeah i think there's yeah i think that's in some ways like yeah that when you say somebody's a manic pixie dream girl it's like bad writing um mm. kind of insult but i don't think that's the case here because we see so much more about this character and and how she became yeah how she became that, this she became holly what she you know her her natural skill set which is that she can talk the pants off anybody mm. <laughs> she can um yeah she's charming and she's funny and witty um and she yeah is adaptable and mm. kind of, it's constantly like, she's like, you know, that guy's a rat. He's broken my heart. It's right. I found another one. I'm like looking at the next guy on the, and it's like also such empathy to, I guess, another negative stereotype is like the gold digger. Yeah. Well, it's got very um, empathetic views on both, for both Paul and Holly. Mm. And Paul himself is, I guess, a, a high class gigolo. Like. Yeah. Like he's a writer, but really what he's actually making money from is sleeping with Patricia Neal's character. Was like um, an older, rich woman who kind of provides for him. Yeah, mm. um, and that's a new detail. Um, mm. In the the book, he's just a writer, and it's I think implied that he's gay. Yeah, and so there's definitely no romance with <laughs> with Holly. With Holly, yeah. Um, and one thing I do like in the adaptation is is making him this gigolo character as well, because mm. it means that rather than him 
solely judging her from afar i think it's like in some ways it gives us the opportunity gives him the opportunity to to empathize with her yeah yeah and to connect with her like yeah. it makes their yeah. love story a bit more believable yes. yeah yeah and that that sequence where they're like on the town like and acknowledging like how dirt poor they are and mm. just trying to make it through like the sequence in tiffany's where they're like trying to buy something with ten dollars is like really fun and yeah. it's very sweet yeah, yeah because it's it's got that kind of can-do pick yourself up the kind of attitude of like well i'm just gonna go along with it and And i I guess it makes when holly sees that sequence of patricia neal putting the money on the table it like immediately endears yeah because i guess they are in similar like they're both putting up these fronts of like he's like an all-american writer type yeah she's like this fun society she's like oh you know i have my own money of course i could but of course you know she could never if she even like acted like she needed the money then these men wouldn't have any want to have anything to do with her she Mm. has to act like she's independently wealthy and just a a frivolous lovely lady and Mm. it's only then that she can then get them to give her 50 dollars for a tip for the person in the powder room which is you know clearly a ridiculous amount of money to need for something like that but you know and the details a euphemism for it's a euphemism for them paying her to have her around yeah 50 dollars for the powder room like some people saying like oh is it like she's giving hand jobs in the bathroom (laughs) like no it's not that lewd it's like because you have to tip the it's like, is it it's just like, like the, the girlfriend the girlfriend experience, experience. yeah yeah so yeah. it's the thing it's like you know you but you you have to like tip in the powder room is the thing right. so it's like yeah. you know you but that's you tip a dollar and oh, so, so they're, they're saying like oh i have a 50 for the and you know and so of course she's tipping a dollar then yeah. she's getting yeah. that for herself and it's never spoken that that's why they're on that date together but, sure. yeah 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 um i see but if it was a situation where she was having to say like you know about 50 dollars to go out with me then it would never work it only can happen in this unspoken arrangement and it's that really precarious seesaw that she's got to keep with these guys where you know and they're constantly chasing her home and she's got to like and they're drunk shut them and out of the like, door yeah um, to run away because them. she doesn't want to spend more time with them <laughs> yeah. this... i like the detail of like her calling um paul fred as well like that it's kind of this because fred is her brother and it's like this playful like like it's her like playful facade of like oh i'm gonna call you by a different name but also like i see you as like a kindred like person like i trust Mm. you and and it's yeah just really cool storytelling i just really like some of the screenplay choices in this film i it was a lot more clever than i remembered Mm. it being Mm. and i was like especially in the first half of the film i was like i really like the screenplay the turns of phrase that they have Mm. the way they employ yeah like show the different relationships of the characters Mm. there's this one sequence where um paul gets invited into a party and it's just like paul baby fred baby that kind of exchange was like oh <laughs> my so, god it's, uh, the party sequence it's is, I so think, good it's like the best the party sequence the is so funny my, my mvp of this was just the, the woman that's just laughing hysterically and yeah. then crying hysterically at herself in the mirror i was like the screenplay is so smart by like showing this different facets of the party as well that yeah. we all kind of um recognize in the jokes about like you know, just nightlife and stuff. Yeah, like, just like the, the crazy time they're all having yeah. and they're all like characters Irving. on their shoulders and <laughs> yeah. popping out of the crowd. And yeah. yeah. It's all just, it's this big crush of people and yeah. you get the sense of like what it's like going to one of Holly's parties and yeah. everybody's going to be there because she's, you know, like she, yeah. she can throw a damn party. It's iconic. I really, and that's I, her skill is that being a hostess. Being I really enjoyed that. Martin Balsam who played yeah, he's OJ he's Berman. Hilarious. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. That whole sequence is great. And then like the little scene where he's yeah. also in his weird like shifting bed 
right. Yeah. He's trying to like <laughs> using his like speakerphone. Yeah, I, we we see him like later on in the night where he's making out with uh, Irving, who's like yeah. a neighbor. Just some blonde um, lady at the yeah. party. <laughs> but it's in the shower, so it's revealed, and um, yeah, it's great fun. Yeah. We just get yeah. a sight gag where like Paul like gives his book to um, to Holly, and she's like, "Oh, I'll put that in my in well, my, my bookshelf," <laughs> and then she just puts it like the only book on the shelf with yeah. all these other things. Yeah. It was great. Good sight Honestly, gag. this this made me want to watch. Martin Balsam's Oscar-winning role, which he wins like three years later from uh, called A Thousand Clowns. I haven't seen it, but now I'm like, oh, he's a good actor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So I like that. He's the. He also has had other shower sequences. He's the cop and psycho, um, and he's one of the the jurors in in Twelve Angry Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, he's just so winning. Yeah, Yeah. it's just like, oh, I feel in comfortable hands with this guy. (laughs) Like, I want more characters like this in film. Like, just fast talking, witty kind of like. Yeah, and it feels so natural. Sometimes when people do that, put on that kind of like fast talking thing, it feels put on. You're like, yeah, "Mm -hmm." and it's nice. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know if we'll quite get to the elephant in the room just yet. But it's like that's a guy that's it's just like an older white guy that's funny and you know it's not having to cross any lines like we don't have to make any un- uncomfortable jokes there i'm pretty it sure i've seen mickey really rooney well. in other yeah. films and i've liked him because he's not doing this oh, like sure. he doesn't do this every time. it's so funny though that they call back to like i think patricia neal has a line about andy rooney fi- finds love or something and that's andy like harvey, I think andy hardy yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy hardy. um oh. and that's like the the series of films that that Mickey Rooney started when he was a kid. Oh, Andy Hardy. I see. Oh, was he like a child star? I want to say what? Is he? Is he a big child star? Did you not know that Mickey Rooney was a big I, child star? I know he's a child star. I, I vaguely kind Did of you not? That. It was like he was like the male Judy like Garland. The, oh. I did know that, actually. You know? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's vaguely yeah. in the... Yeah. in the ether of my brain. I wanted to follow up on something James said ages ago. <laughs> oh, yes. Is, yeah, um, yes. The thing, this is maybe a just for Cassandra moment, but like uh, her calling Paul Fred yeah. is very like, so Sissy, who's one of the characters in A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, sure. um, who is very like Holly Golightly in personality. She's mm-hmm. kind of this like very beautiful, very gregarious, very charming. And she's also like very openly sexual in a way that's not like appropriate for women in Mm. the 1910s um and she has a thing she marries about four or five times and all of her husbands she never gets divorced (laughs) she just kind of keeps marrying um she just kind of is like all right well that's enough and she's like we didn't get married in a church doesn't count for catholic like so she's like kind of a bigamist um she's a polygamist and she calls them all john she just decides she's going to call them john (laughs) And then she's on, her, she's on her fourth husband. And then at one point, he's just like, my name is Steve. And he, she's suddenly like, oh, maybe Steve. Like, and so yeah. like, that's the, the final relationship that works is when he finally asserts that that's not his name. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's totally like a different, but you know, it was around at this time. And I'm like, maybe they took some inspiration from this character that's as well. True. She's, I mean, a, she's mm. definitely a, <laughs> a similar type in some ways. I thought I'd get confused, but Paul and Fred kind of, you know, like I knew who they were talking about. Yeah. There's not that many characters in this. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Thing. Exactly. There's a lot of like small sort of sort of side characters we see a couple of bits maybe with, two person scenes but it's really just like I, yeah i guess it's holly paul yeah dark like holly uh, paul dork um tui tui and mr yunioshi <laughs> and i think that's basically Sal- uh sally oh we know about sally tomato but we don't yeah. really see him like where's yeah. one scene there's, one yeah. scene. there's the brazilian dude the brazilian dude oh yeah um and the oh rusty the pig face and, rusty. <laughs> and <laughs> mag wildwood yeah Who's Meg Wildwood? She's the very again? big performance. There's the woman who's yeah. just like, Ah, oh, Meg Wildwood, from, I'm from, here at the party. From Wildwood, Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. She, she was 
doing. She was a lot. She's a, a lot. lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's a major I, character in the book. Honestly, she was she was fun <laughs> yeah. to me. Um, um, I I guess for 1961, they were just coming out of the Hayes Code. How right. I like kind of liked how sexual this film was like it's and kind of uh, frankly yeah you know, it's very yeah. it's very modern for that you know in that 1960s modern but you yeah. know it, it, it it's feels like it would have been very modern for its time in the way that it understands relationships hmm. um yeah because yeah. i mean holly just ways. sleeps around and then there are it? other ways where you're like hmm, this is this <laughs> yeah. we have a datedness yeah um yeah. Yeah, I just think other things that we particularly like. I just liked. want to talk about Audrey Hepburn's wardrobe. Like, oh. Uh, oh, yeah. Incredible. Oh. I mean, we already know the, the iconic mm. black dress. But I just, like, there was one outfit she was wearing when she was, like, tearing up the house. It was a pink oh, dress pink with little dress, shells. With the little shells on there. Oh, the little so sleeping, good. the eye mask she the has eye mask. to sleep, which mm. is, like, teal in the shirt with a dress. little, like... So good. She has the big good. hat. Um, oh, yes. When she When she um, goes to visit Sally at Sing Sing. Yeah, she, like, we see her dress in her whole routine while she's hanging out with, with Paul. My God, she's so small as well. Like, <laughs> I feel like it's been half of this film, just like, she's tiny. She's I mean... So Dark <laughs> saying, <laughs> say, it's a yeah. little slip of a thing. And yeah. um, even uh, what's her face? Two E's wardrobe oh, was very beautiful. Like, that big like green yeah. mm. uh, dress that she has. And it's like I also love that she's the she's decorated Paul's apartment for him. Yeah, <laughs> yes, she is a decorator. <laughs> she's yeah. a decorator. So, uh, but it's like the, hel- the hilariousness of that apartment because it's like gold <laughs> yeah. statues, like the oh, gold yeah. phone. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of the it's ridiculous and it's then like clearly things she just has in the house and then holly's house like, kind of just looks like it could tip. be like our house yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, their yeah. breakup scene was very fun as well not fun but like um oh, like, the way yeah, she yeah. handles it yeah like, where she's like look i'll write the check so you can get it out of your system you can go on holiday with her like yeah. and then you can come back to me patricia neal um, is only like what four years older than them like in real life, because yeah. I looked it up. I was like, they're both like thirties. Yeah, like yeah. I think, 30s, I think Audrey was. I think Audrey was thirty-two, and then uh, George was thirty-three. I don't know how old the characters are. Maybe twenties. I feel the characters are supposed to be younger. Yeah, and yeah. Just and, then, younger. and they can. I mean, also, I mean, I thought Especially Patricia Audrey. Neal looked older than what she was playing. Also, like, but I think that's just she's got a low voice and she's got that yeah, confidence yeah. that she can play like she's mid forties, but she's probably only you know yeah. Like and 30s. she would win her Oscar two years later for HUD with Paul Newman. I haven't seen oh, HUD. I haven't seen it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just as soon as she popped up, I was just like, I'm looking at her letterbox. I'm like, I'm gonna make sure I watch list all of these because she has a presence. Um, she's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I wish she was in more of the film, but it is really like the um. It's about the, Holly. the Holly, Holly, and um, I was about to say Fred, the Paul um, show. Would you like to talk about some of the things that worked adaptationally? Yeah. So I, I feel like yeah, that one of the big things for me was was including that character because mm. she's total. I think I'm pretty sure she's totally new wow. to the film. I don't think I don't remember her being in the book, and I looked it up. I don't think she's in the book. Mm. Um, and yeah, the having this added element of paul being not just a writer but also being kind of a similar and i guess yeah like an actually a sex worker in some mm. ways and that he's he's being hired i guess as a paid companion but also to have sex with her mm. um and yeah sort of a kept man i guess is what you'd, you'd call him so um, in the book is paul just 
obsessed with Holly. He's just like or... this gay writer who's moved in above her and yeah. is just kind of fascinated by her. Yeah, that's what I um, assumed it was. Which does make sense in some ways. Like there's a sort of that, that lack of that sort of observational element, but in some ways you get a sense of looking at somebody through a pane of glass. Mm, yeah. um, and I think the book always has that feeling to that me. That kind of it's distance, constantly, There's yeah. a, lot of, a level yeah. of distance to mm. him watching Holly and just sort of saying like, oh, how, you know, fascinating and delightful uh, she is. But And that their friendship and, is kind of always being mined for material. Cause yeah, yeah. The, the, obviously, he's writing the book about her. There's actually no... Um, there's no sense in this movie that he ever writes about her necessarily. Like, I think there was, there was, um, oh, yeah, there was, was the one writing, short story friend, he started yeah, writing yeah. something. The terrible stuff. Terrible title. Yeah. Um, but it's not like a big part of it that no, she's no, no. reading about like, oh, you wrote about me. Oh, but it's not sort of sense like that she's a, a muse figure so much as she is just like a, a romantic, you know, he feels like attached mm. to her as a friend and then as a, as a romantic interest. So, so how does it end then? The, and then it ends kind of more, but this is the thing is I think I like the end a little bit better in the book where mm. they don't obviously get together because yeah, there's well, no rom- yeah. romance between them um, and it is I think she goes off to I think she does take the plane to get and go to Brazil mm. um, oh, she does take the plane I think so it's like they, they leave they don't, they're not in each other's life anymore it's sort of and ambiguous about whether she's actually going to go through with it how um, how so how close were they in the book? Were they actually friends or was he just like kind of using her to I, like you get the sense they're friends but also it's written from his perspective yeah 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 so you know, yes. <laughs> mm. I mean, Truman Capote based it on several friends of his. Yeah. So I guess he's writing about it as people that he was friends with. Yeah. Um, and I may be like a bit of himself in there as well. Who yeah, knows? definitely. Yeah. Mm. Um, um, but I think, yeah. So in some ways, what I really wanted from this film, I guess we're talking about like fixes now. Like I, I kind of want, like, I think, it, I don't think the romance necessarily works that well for me. Um, no, I understand why it happened. I understand, obviously, like, for the 1960s, it had to happen. I actually like it. that mm. scene where he she first comes into his room, and obviously, like, he's naked, mm. and she's like, you know, it could be really sexual, but there's but actually they sort of like sleep, just really tender together, energy. And then she's got a nightmare where she talks in her sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is very, I don't know, it's very film like, oh, yes, yeah. oh, don't go over there. Not oh, Audrey's best moment of the <laughs> Oh, that and like Audrey's drunk acting. I was like, when she when the they were watching, the drunk acting was charming to me. Kind of I found that charming. A stylized performance. You're like, oh, I better go over there. And, you know, like it's yeah. it's that 60s performing. Um, oh. But yeah, I think that like I kind of want the almost famous ending. I want them to like not end up together. We got the licorice to... pizza. Ending. I want her to go to Morocco. <laughs> you know, I don't want her yeah, to yeah, end yeah. up with him. Um, so. Oh, yeah, I, I feel Lakish like pizza with the almost famous ending would be great. Oh, just well, take it off a notch. That would be right. That's the four <laughs> into the five notch. star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just have the courage, not let them hook up at the end. Anyway, um, oh, it's the same with this film too. I yeah, think. yeah. Have the courage for them to not hook up at the end. I think. I like, think this handled want... that hook up better than Lakish pizza. I think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I I like her going after the cat. Honestly, oh, yeah. I think going after the cat is the yeah. real turning point, and then him being there is kind of like, oh, I guess he's around too. Yeah. But I also didn't love how his character starts acting towards. Holly, like how Paul being starts really acting towards her. He becomes yeah. really yeah. possessive. I think the real ending should be like her, you know, going after the cat. He never sees her again. And then he starts writing about her. Yeah, maybe that makes sense. Or it's... Like, he, yeah, she, it's just a woman who, like, she had, need... like, such a profound impression on him. Yeah, you know? she needs a change of some sort. But yeah. I don't see it being with him. Like, Yeah, I don't still... think being with a man no. yeah. is the right thing. She needs to, like... 
yeah, find her cat and like be grounded or you know cat turn no a new name. leaf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, he's not really gonna get you anywhere. Like you, it's about like you learn something from each other and then you go your separate ways. I think is the yeah, best yeah. thing because yeah. when you see them all like when you see her with the cat, you're like, yes. And then when they all try and get together, the cat is ruffling about and you can sense that something is wrong. There, <laughs> me and James one... going like, that cat is squished. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't want to be here. <laughs> but in a larger metaphorical sense, it's like, hmm, one too many living beings here. <laughs> this kid. Um, yeah, because he is really possessive uh, throughout a lot of it. Um, as I he think gets once he realizes that he's... I think at the start, love. he's not. And he's I think not, that works for all. their friendship as yeah. it's blossoming. And then it's only after he decides that they, 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 they kiss her. right yeah. yeah and then he well, decides that we're in love and well, it, they then, sleep with each other i guess yeah. but we, we see them kiss and then it's yeah. like the next scene we see is him breaking up with tui yeah and it's like he's decided like i've made my commitment this is a thing and it's yeah. like he's done all of that without any conversation with her with about Holly, where their relationship's yeah. going what are we what's our sort of where do we go from here yeah and he has these lines around like and um, it's like it's he's like, a modern man he knows that mean, those things are you know you oh what is that like you don't have control over me and he's like he's yes like, i do well, you belong to lines. me it's very like, it's, a lot of like yeah. we it's, belong to each other it's it just needs a couple of tweaks to make that sound less possessive you yeah know? Like, it's very like i don't know it's just it's, it doesn't quite i think you can still like you can still have that kind of quality of like i think we should be together but like yeah, yeah as you yeah. say those lines like it really ring weird when it's like, no, like I have control over you, or, like you're part of me, or whatever. Like, yeah. It's and that he that. suddenly starts doing this whole thing when she's like, oh, I'm gonna go and marry this Brazilian man. Yeah. Like she's always been totally upfront with him that her yeah. plan is to marry for money because yeah. she doesn't have any money and that's the only thing she has is her good looks and her charm. Yeah. And so this is like what she has to do to make make her way in the world, and he's always been like not judgy about that he's been fine no, about it he's yeah. maybe given her a couple of side eyes but he's never said like you shouldn't do this I and mean, suddenly he's, he's getting his i mean obviously patricia exactly. neil is beautiful like, he can't he can't judge but because, he can't judge yeah and because so is jose jose is beautiful as well like yeah, you know she's, exactly yeah she'd yeah. be perfectly happy you know perhaps with with this guy and there's moments in the film that kind of like supports his point of view or like like he does like an eye roll or like a like that she's that she's going ahead with this plan as if implying that we're supposed to feel that way as well. It's like, no, you know mm. the rules, dude. And then, um, yeah, there's the... But that's the thing is, like, once she brings up that that's her new plan, like, he suddenly is all like, yeah, you can't be with this guy, you know? Mm. And it's like, you didn't have that previously. It's just because you feel like you've got some sort of ownership of her and you never had that relationship. You never became her boyfriend. Yeah, weirdly, like, like it's not exactly the same, obviously, but this kind of toxic quality that we've seen with Will Smith around <laughs> this protectiveness of this woman. Yeah, um, and it's yeah, like she has to make her choices and you have nothing to offer her financially and she's mm. already already said that that's what she needs is, is to make this choice. Mm. Um, and you've got to be a friend to her and that's maybe saying, like, you know, maybe you should find another option but not just going, like, no, I'm going to grab you, your arm in the library and... <laughs> like yeah it's it's a yeah there's that was the one one political element and i guess now we're talking going into some 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 bananas i mean it's the big one we're transitioning but there there was another before the big one okay let's let's the other one is uh the doc golightly plot so oh uh, yeah i forgot about yeah so we've got this sort of elderly looking cowpoke and you're like oh is this her dad well when he first introduced himself dr lightly and she's and then and paul says oh are you her father and we all thought we were all thinking it and he said like no i'm her husband (laughs) um we got married when she was 14 and this like man is a creep this never is never at it's no point does yeah. anybody go like 
it shouldn't be illegal. Like, well, they also even treat it romantically because they treat he, it romantically. he was like, I was like blubbering the whole way through while I was proposing to her. And she's like, of course I'll marry you, dog. Blah, 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 blah. I've never been married before. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, because she was a child. She didn't understand the significance of marriage. <laughs> yeah. And then, <sighs> you know, obviously like. Um, and yeah, and, and as soon as Paul hears this, his reaction, instead of being like, I should protect my friend from this marriage, she clearly wants to escape for good reason. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, I guess he belongs, like she belongs to him. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I gotta, I gotta help him like reclaim his property. And so like, he like delivers him back up to her. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's only when she's like, oh, our marriage has been annulled. that yeah. He's yeah. Like, ah. like, I support this. It's like. Does your marriage shouldn't have to be annulled. It's, like <laughs> there's another sequence where like he, uh, she's like, oh, stay by me, stay by me, Fred. Like I need you. Yeah. And, and then because they're meeting up with yeah, Doc, yeah, yeah. And then uh, they meet up with Doc. And, and he's like, I can take it from here. With you, you, you stay here, Paul. And Paul's like, okay. Paul's like, right away. And he decks out of frame. And I'm like, you're supposed to be here for her moral support. Yeah, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, and anyway. how do they get rid of him? He's just eventually. He gets on a bus. I think she no, convinces she tells, him. She tells, like, she just tells, I don't love you anymore. Yeah. Like I don't want to be married Leave. to you anymore. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. He does. He, he does a little and blackmail he does the cruel kind of thing. thing. Yeah, and... saying like, "Oh, I'm gonna tell Fred that he can. He should re-enlist if you're not gonna come home." Yeah. And she's like, "No, I want him to be here with me." And then, of course, you know, Fred dies. Yeah. So really, so he killed Fred. That's what I say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Indirectly. Um, um, before we get to the big one as well, uh, this is a very small thing, but uh, how the cat is handled is pretty liberally. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> the cat was doing like gymnastics, cat, like, like flying into flung. the, the Well, the yeah. Room. So when Audrey finds out that um, Fred is dead, uh, she like smashes across the table, and the cat is there. It has to jump out of the way, and it's what like a well-trained cat. Yeah, yeah. cat's name was cat. Orangey, apparently. Uh, um, Orangey is yeah. also in the party, and we own a cat, and our cat is terrified whenever there are like. Two extra people look, that orangey is clearly a party person. I know like, orangey like in the party like jumps down, jumps on someone's shoulder, and it is packed to the rafters. Yeah, orangey is a pass around party pussy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, orangey nailed it. But I'm um, very worried about orangey. Apparently, was very pissed on that final day. Well, not final day, the final sequence um, where it's, it's raining. raining. Yeah, a cat does not like the rain. No, yeah. but orangey was a great actor. Like, did a good job. <laughs> good performance. <laughs> really good. Yeah. Um, Honestly. He might be MVP. Yeah. <laughs> um, Up we... there with the Meg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we Just talk about the, the least um, uh, valuable player? Oh, God. Uh, Mickey Rooney as, what's the character called again? Mr. Mr. Yuniyoshi. Yuniyoshi, yeah. Which, Just so we've got to start with the makeup look thing. We've got this, like, oh, it's like this, like, teeth situation where the they've teeth, given him buck the teeth. The teeth, yeah. And, like, little like they've got cross the eyes he's yeah. got glasses the glasses to further enunciate his i don't know yeah. like make him look the, even more squinty bonus, yeah. yeah um and then he plays him with like a the thick very accent thick the Japanese lisp, accent yeah, yeah. the lisp um, um and it's just the sort of waddling around bumbling like running into things like uh cannot save his life if he's dependent on it yeah. like yeah uh, and also extremely horny Was like he? Yeah, yeah he, just he always wants to like take do a photos photo of, of Holly, Holly? Oh, and Shitashi evades his from from like him calling the police on her or something. Yeah, right. is going I, like maybe I'll do me, those yeah. photos with you, and he's like oh, and turns into like a real like yeah. There are stupid I'm, cartoon thing. There are a lot of horny men 
lusting for her, but yeah, they do make. Well, a they make more sense in context. Those other men, like she's yeah. kind of like because she's them off. yeah, but, you know, yeah. But working. here it's made to be ridiculous because she'd never, never give she'd the never time of day that. with it to a Japanese yeah. man. Yeah, and also like she. She is, she's, she's not a, she like is always like, oh yeah, totally. Let's just buzz him like while he's sleeping and he'll like let me in. It's always which, the joke, which I guess is never the joke fun. Is that, yeah, it's like, ah, oh, like it's so funny that she constantly annoys this neighbor. But and then like, he reacts so violently. And like, like, yeah, and he reacts in his, his typical a, oriental a, fashion. It's a fucking dickish thing to do. Like she's getting back late at night. And stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. It is very yeah. inconsiderate it's of all these. Yeah. Yeah. He's sleeping. <laughs> Um, and like, there's not really a sense that he's doing anything to her to provoke what? her from this. Yeah, yeah. Other than like, you know, saying, "Hey, don't have a loud like yelling at her about a loud party." Well, he always, the night, he or like always her to when, when he's the, trying to be asleep. Yeah. yeah, he always tries to threaten to call the police, and he never does, right. except for like one time where they get caught in the end. Oh, the big party. Yeah. Oh, and Do the you big feel party like as well. This is a. This is this is. I feel like this is as offensive, not as offensive, obviously, but. It would be as if, like pretty offensive if a Japanese person was playing this role. I feel like it's yeah, still yeah. pretty offensive. This, the caricature like, is still offensive. It's still this like yeah. shuffling around, like thick accent, like sort of impotent little man. Yeah, yeah. It's like Long Duck Dong or something. Yeah, it's a very classic kind of like just emasculating. Totally. I feel like it obviously compounded with the yellow face. The yellow face like, is also at bad. least you'll be giving an opportunity to someone to play that role, even though it's very exactly. And maybe there's something that that performer can make yeah. out of that yeah. thing, whereas like. Mickey Rooney has no um, insight to this experience whatsoever. So everything that we see is his creation. Yeah, like, it's yeah. his that's... own. Like, isn't it real funny when yeah. Orientals do this? Like that kind of yeah, yeah attitude. I mean, I guess it's, like it's just like, worth asking because sometimes with yellow face or brown face roles, it's like this is a role that would be perfectly fine, but is marred by this bad casting choice. Yeah, it is. Could elevate honestly, it. Whereas like, here, I'm like, I just don't think this is necessary at all. Like, it's I don't honestly think this fine is... if you, yeah, if it was just like an old man. Just, yeah, just have a cantankerous crotch, a crotchety old, old man. man. Like, there's no, I mean, other than I guess he's Japanese in the book. Like, yeah. there's no need for this well, he to can, be He this could even be stereotype. Japanese, but he doesn't have yeah, to be Yeah, you just this... don't have to do this extreme level of yeah. stereotyping. It's, yeah, and if, like, if you really want to cast Mickey I, Rooney, look, like, yeah, just make him like a crotchety old man that lives upstairs and doesn't have to be Yeah, Asian. he's a, like, take on that Hugh Grant makeup that he did for <laughs> Cloud Atlas they when should, it's um, not the yellow face. Just, <laughs> like, they should remake yeah. this and make Hidetoshi Nishijima play. <laughs> and Holly's no. just like, what? and then they fall in love. Who is that? <laughs> Who's that Mr. Yoni Yoshi. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if, like, yeah, I was watching this, being like, I wonder if they would do a, like, a, if a remake of Breakfast at Tiffany's is something that's a worthy project to be done. I think it could be, especially like, yeah. especially knowing that it has um, deviated from the book quite a bit. So, mm. like, another adaptation that maybe kind of explores that dynamic or even like with the with the um with the ending knowing that it was compromised because everything at that time had to end with like yeah. it's a romantic comedy it has to end with them getting yeah. together i'm like i feel like my ideal version of this honestly is you retain that he's a kind of a gigolo but you make him gay anyway like, well, yes, I'm there are men, yeah or like or like or just like there are men paying him for sex and yeah, like, yeah, there's the, no romantic attraction between the two of them they're friends but they meet each other on that level. i think definitely like i think I, I would like a little flirtation between them like kind of like mm. they're never gonna sleep together but there's like but would we one night? Like, maybe, you know? maybe like have it like as friends and then yeah, that's like, exactly. Oh, that was a, but it's not gonna happen again. <laughs> who would we? Who would we cast? Who would we cast though? I, I was know. I was thinking around like cast like do you make 
one of those characters Asian or Japanese? Like as, as reparations? <laughs> yeah, because I think you, I think I you it. have to acknowledge the thing of like, yikes. Uh, Who would be a good holy? Like in my head, my the first name that came to mind was Emma Stone. Yeah, like could get Lily think, James, the boys' favorites. Yeah, that's true. Mm. And if she's good enough to be, no. <laughs> she's, she's charming. Improved, she's, yeah. she, I mean, yeah, she's very charming. But yeah. I think, I think, I think, yeah, Emma for some reason in my head works. Maybe Scarlett could be uh, good. I don't no. know. No, I feel like she's she's too something very grounded about she, her that's yeah. not flighty. Yeah, yeah she's not flighty. That, yeah, 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 yeah. She have that airy quality. Yeah. yeah. Sersha. No. Not quite. No. Not, not quite. Not quite. She's too yeah. intellectual. I don't. I don't buy that. Sasha doesn't Zoe have any Kravitz? other books. Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz could oh, do yeah. it. Maybe. We haven't mm. really seen her be. I, I, I might be blanking, but like, her be funny as much. But obviously, she'd be clearly capable. I think. She's always yeah. done like serious stuff. She's very. Oh, no, she's funny in High Fidelity. Well, yeah. She's very funny there. She's funny there. But it's a very but a different, different energy. And Andrew Garfield, obviously. As Andrew Garfield, yeah. If you're gonna do as a George. bisexual, yeah. as, as George as, Pippard, I think he's as saying. George oh, Pippard, oh. yeah, as, as Paul. Paul. Right. Paul Look, Andrew friend. Garfield can be there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Andrew Garfield and Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson is quite good. I think, mm. especially in the Lost Daughter, I think that's Holly. Like, yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah. I hear she's really good in this new film called Cha Cha Slide. I don't know anything. I don't about know that. what that no, is. No, no. Oh, it's just come out from Sundance, <laughs> so we'll be seeing her maybe we'll see ne- next oh. year's Oscars. Okay. We'll see. Um, yeah, I do think I do think you would have to acknowledge the Mickey Rooney thing and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what you would do, but you know, in this hypothetical thing, they they could figure it out. You know, sure. it's not for us to make; it's just for us to cast. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. for you know, it, it's for Hollywood to fund yeah. and then us to make. You know, <laughs> It's Yu Nyu Jung in drag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's Korean. Else that, that's yeah. sitting with people. Um, I think I think I feel like structurally, the sort of meanderingness of it like often works. But I was very really charmed at the beginning. And was, then... I think I think it overstayed its welcome a little bit. Yeah, there yeah, was definitely a point sure. where there's like a a few months later time jump yeah. which we were really not ready for we were like whoa what's, what's happening it's when <laughs> I felt like she was getting arrested and then no uh, it was a, um, she she finds out about Fred she has the huge tantrum yeah and then it cuts to it cuts ahead uh, yeah yeah and then she, she and Jose arrested. are moving to yeah. Brazil because I was yeah. at, at the the first hours I was like this is so breezy this is so light yeah. it's so easy to watch yeah. like yeah. there's something very uh I don't know, like, yeah, flighty and, like, whimsical yeah. about the mm. first, like, getting to know Holly and, like, the different adventures has, and the different cast of characters. It has no real, uh, you know, they're just getting to know each other, like, the plot. There's not a huge amount of conflict, of really. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like, we're but, just sort of seeing them learn more about each other's life. Yeah, and it's when the conflict is kind of introduced in terms of this, like, the external conflict, um, less the will they, won't they, but, like, oh... Getting pulled this way and getting arrested and stuff. I was just like, what is the... But I think all of the external conflictness is generally quite episodic. Like, it's kind of like a hijink occurs and yeah. they solve it. A hijink occurs and they solve it. And it's resolved, yeah. Um, and it sort of continues along in that way for most of the film. But in some ways, because it's so episodic, it, it starts to get a, a bit weary on you, I yeah, think. yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it was in that second half where the the um problems that are introduced aren't necessarily like resolved right away they're like ongoing and you're like it, it feels yeah. quite disruptive from the rest of the, the i 
I the think film. for me, yeah, I think that the jumps between like they have a row and then the next scene is him coming over six months later or whatever. Yeah. It's just like kind of jarring a little bit. Yeah, it's like, it felt like it was. Get, a bit, show me the uh, life, the life they have. Yeah, apart, show, away from show each other. what's yeah. happened in that time. Yeah, you know, or at least like a montage, even if it's like a montage. Yeah, just a little bit of time. We love a montage. Play Moon River again for the fucking seven hundred yeah. millionth time. Yeah. What do we think of Audrey singing in in the window? Bar? I like her singing. Very, yeah. very I think it's yeah. cute. It's very like you know. She looks great as well. Like very yeah. relaxed. Just like a little, the little like, I always, She's got some great was, sweaters in this. I always yeah. love when characters go. Hi. And the other one's like, hi. Yeah. And they nailed their high scene. Well, I mean, they were, it was like a scene from West Side Story with the outside balcony as well. It was yeah. like channeling that. Yeah. Well, um, I was going to say like Moon River, uh, I was telling James, is a song that they made us, they, they play at the school ball in my high oh, school. Oh, sure, yeah. And like one of the teachers is like, now, like we always play this song at all the Queen Margaret school balls and this is how, like you always associate the song with with mm. your time at school. And unfortunately, that is the case. No. Oh, I guess, if, so, if you haven't watched Breakfast at Tiffany's. Well, now yeah. I'm like, every time I hear Moon River, I remember my teachers going like, now you'll always associate with the school. And I'm like, yeah, you fucking ruined it for me because I like the song, but it I is don't like song. it anymore because it reminds my me of high school. My Huckleberry friend. Yeah. So, um, I, it's I, a problem. I think she died, so I can't be mean to her directly. But <laughs> I think you, <laughs> you can know. now that she's not here to defend I'm just herself. Like... <laughs> I I will say that I wish that the breakup with a Brazilian was more than just a little. Wasn't just a, t- <laughs> I was a like, telegram. Okay, like, just mm. broke up with I think you he by could text. Have done that yeah. Scene. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just give her one more scene. You yeah, know? I don't even know if I remember I guess that. it makes sense, though, because he probably couldn't be seen coming to her house. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's true. Anyways. Oh, that's the guy, right? The guy that, mm? like, when she finds out about Fred, is that that guy? Yeah. Oh, and then she was going to marry him. Yeah. So- I missed all that. I mean, like, honestly, like... <laughs> James! Like, the second half, it's just... It just, it's it, not as good as the it's first. It's a flowy yeah, it film. Definitely and then like you're just goes like, a little bit I think it rails, kind yeah. of yeah. like lost me a little bit when they were doing, when they were doing the, the the robbery in the shop. I was like, we just saw the the Tiffany's moment. Yeah, we didn't so, need to do this as well. Yeah. It was a little bit of a saying it's welcome. I what guess it's it, just like showing them having fun together. Yeah. I was just like, this is going on too long. Like, yeah. what what do we think of the titular breakfast? It was cute. <laughs> it was cute. Apparently, Audrey Hepburn hates pastries. <laughs> yeah, so sense. it was quite hard to film. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and someone and somebody electrocuted themselves on the set. Whoa. So they had an accident. The opening sequence. Also, yeah. I'm just like, excuse me, like if I could just put like um, a ring from the Cracker Jack box and get it engraved yeah. mm. from Tiffany's. I wish. I that's yeah. white, I pri- like that's white privilege that, in yeah. action yeah, right there. The guy was being very <laughs> gracious. Tiffany's in 1963. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There'll be a problem if you, well, maybe not nowadays. I don't know. I'm but if also- you do your remake and the people of color being like, hey, can we please like get this in grab? They're like, get the no, fuck out. Like, Eat shit. <laughs> I will, I'm going to say as well, I think I noticed, and I always notice it with this whenever there's yellow face in a film, is there's an actual Asian in the party. There's an yeah, Asian yeah, woman. There was an Asian like, woman. So yeah. you could find one. Yeah. You exactly. found one, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. I also love that the other, like? th- other thing that you can 
buy for under ten dollars is just like a was, was it like a phone turner or something yeah, like a phone, phone dial. dial. Yeah. I love like, it. All right. Yeah, I thought they were gonna go for that. Honestly, yeah. though, Holmes Among Us hasn't gone to a fancy shop and bought the very cheapest thing that could be in the fancy <laughs> shop. Yeah, just and you're like, like, I'm just here for the experience. I'm and not, you bought a little bag. But, but hey, I, bag I would not have been as smooth as these two just asking for it. <laughs> I would have been yeah. like just looking around. And, like, well, and they and they delay it. They like do this thing of like, oh well, our budget is a little limited. And they like they go play like they're cosplaying as people that shop at Tiffany. Yeah, I love that. They also go for like they step on old ladies necks with like you know saying that diamonds are tacky yes yeah for um for maybe for older women yeah Mm. oh no anyways well we have done a full overview of breakfast at tiffany's and just a just a like circular background Mm. nominated for an oscar for this role Mm. lost to Sophia Loren. Did it, get, did it get anything else in terms of screenplay or anything? Or? I think it might have gotten a couple of nominations. I think Moon River won Best Original Song. Right. Nice. Which yeah. uh, deserved. Nice deserved. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, with all that in mind, we well, that's the Oscars uh, decisions. But honestly, after today, um, I don't think we can <laughs> trust the Oscars. I, can we trust yeah. the Oscars? No, we can only trust Bag or Biff. Bag or Biff. Oh. I'll, I'll go, go first. first. Oh, oh jinx. Um, what do you want to do? <laughs> you go. I'll go. Um, I was kind of disappointed in this watch. I think Audrey is magnetic um, and, you know, she's great. But I think in terms of the, how the film, like, held up, um, aside from, like, that banging party scene and that fun scene at Tiffany's, um, this didn't, like, fully hold my attention as a film um i think the performance is really strong it's kind of interesting but like ultimately it's not enough to kind of hold together um so yeah there was a lot more problems for me other than just the the mickey rooney kind of sequence um and while you know moon river is lovely uh, they played it a ton of times and i'm happy for audrey <laughs> and oh, holly and cat the unnamed slob. She she calls people slobs and pigs. Like you know, <laughs> super. Rat. I mean, and this super is rat. this is why she's an icon. Yeah, why she's an icon. You know, uh, Look, she calls herself a no-name slob. As she well. does. She she owns that. Um, but I um, also heard like. Um, random french i'm like okay girl. oh kel <laughs> that, that was very much like kel thing yeah yeah, which yeah. i love uh, but also kel beast in order for for them to teach her like you know proper english i.e a uh, transatlantic accent they had to get her to learn french and then like oh. get english i mean she was like a country bumpkin before that right lula oh. not audrey oh right yeah okay. i love it um yeah very my fair lady um yeah i think how this film has been has lasted it's like legacy like it's there it's the imagery but the film itself maybe we don't need it maybe it can be biffed oh all right i'll go next um i have the opposite opinion of this film where i actually was expecting this to be so much more of a slog i thought that first hour went by so quickly i was like what um i was really impressed with um the screenplay and how they actually developed the relationship between Paul and um, Holly. And I thought it was witty. The dialogue was good. I thought um, Audrey was uh, really luminous in this role and the score and the song are really good. I think it falters towards the end a little bit, but I think the film itself is pretty solid and pretty, dare I say good, apart from obviously there's like one unforgivable thing about the film. It's, but like... (laughs) That's easily cut out. They didn't cut it out, but 
apart from that, I think it's a very solid film, and I give it a bag. Nice. I love to be the tiebreaker. Mm. Unusual. Usually I'm the sole dissenter. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the more I, yeah, sort of, sort of have been talking about this film, the more I am kind of like just jonesing for a remake. I feel like Mm. I would be really interested to see a new version of this film that can kind of take what is is really good about the original lunch elements. at Tiffany's yeah lunch at Tiffany's dinner uh, <laughs> um, but then, yeah supper <laughs> but, but reshape some of the plot elements that don't work so much and then of course like you know undo the the real original yeah. sin of this film which is the yellow face sections which are, are just so painful to watch oh, Mr. Um, Yoshi doesn't even need to be there he doesn't need to be there at all <laughs> oh, and if, and if no. it's, there is an upstairs neighbour it doesn't have to be this guy like yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah we've discussed that I mean, I, I think, yeah, Audrey Hepburn's performance is, like, undeniably just wonderful. It's, like, so, mm. yeah, charming and witty and, like, And I was skeptical. I thought she'd be too proper for this role a little bit no, when I was first yeah. watching. And I was like, oh, the more no, she No, I think she, she really, she's yeah. in a great groove here. And she's in that way. She feels sophisticated, but mm. not in a way that's icy. Like no, not in no, a standoffish exactly, yeah. way, in a way that's just sort of exact, that just just so. She um, just is, yeah. and it, it's very um grounded and centered, and as, as a performance, I think mm. it's really beautiful. Um, yeah, I think probably for me, this this just it, it is. I'm definitely between the two of you. Mm. Um, mm. like, but I think I'll I just come down on the side of bag, um, mm. because I feel like the potential here for like an absolutely like incredible unfaultable film like is mm. is in there. Um, like Spielberg, you've done Wizard Story. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you want to do another, you want to get rid of some more like bad ethnic makeup things. Like, yeah. and explore two E. Yeah, a bit more. Like, what about who would we, co- we could uh, do? What about like I thought about Kristen Stewart because like she's done. Oh, I could see. I she's could done see the Kristen Diana, yeah. and she I can obviously know. do the casual. Would you make it gay though? Uh, no. Because it's necessary. about. She doesn't necessarily she doesn't have, have to play, play gay. gay yeah, necessarily. You can play straight. Um. But like potentially Maybe. that you have that like casualness, although she's m- I don't think she has an easiness to her. No, I think you, that's yeah. what's so you, good about her and Spencer is that she's feels very like she's having difficulty being of, in there. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you need you an see ease the for this for this character. Yeah. Um, look, I'm like, look, this is Stephen's job. Stephen, you, you, Stephen you do this. Out. Rachel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Rachel, obviously, Rachel will probably do a fucking Maybe. great job at this. <gasps> or even Ariana. Yeah. yeah. Either of those women. Like, oh, so easy in front yeah. of the camera. Very uh, easy. You know, my actually, my answer is Zendaya. I could see it for her. I could see it for Zendaya too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and like the rom-coms, like they're slowly coming back with like the Lost City, but like this would be like a big staple. Like we're back. Rom-coms, baby. Yeah. You, you remember them? Unless you anti-rom-com it the way that I'm suggesting. Totally. Like, you yeah. Know, you and do. you know what? The version we're going to be making will be pissing <laughs> off a lot of people because they'll be expecting yeah, one thing. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? Screw them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that's it for me. So it's a it's a bag. Well, that's, oh. that's it, it hit the rim, but then it landed, it landed on in, in the bag. Yeah, yeah. What a not... roller coaster! Yeah, breakfast at Tiffany's, the Oscars. Hey, what a day of media it's been. <sighs> God, <laughs> I mean, what a day for Australia. That was I didn't even think we'd get here. Yeah, after after the big moment, but here we are. And so, is this? Am I correct in saying I should check the spreadsheet? Is this our our 20th century 
session or are we jumping? I believe we are looking no, at no, a directorial I think, I think philosophy. We're gonna, uh, we've got, got an I think we're going to yeah, take a little trip across the ditch. Oh, going to the Antipodes. Well, well we're, we're already there, <laughs> but, you know, we're looking at our neighbours. Uh, uh, yeah. Who could that be? I mean, there's lots of interesting Aussie filmmakers. Yeah. But oh, which well, one are I we mean, with? I think it's time for a uh, patented James Paul on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, sounds right. Hey, right. is it Andrew Dominic? Is it um, George Miller? Is it Baz Luhrmann? Is, is it, it uh, Peter Weir? Yeah, he's got some weird ones. You know, he's the Last got, Wave. So they're know. all weird. Yeah, they're yeah. all weird. Yeah. Hey. All right, that's enough. Let's go. Great. Uh, well, you can follow us uh, for those Twitter polls. You can follow us on Mixbag Pod and Mixbag Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, you can email us at mixbagcontact at gmail.com. And you can like and subscribe. Uh, well, yeah, like on those other pages. But yeah, give us five stars on iTunes, what's it called now? Apple Podcasts, um, and uh, wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, yeah, get in touch. We want to hear from you. In the meantime, we've got a wedding to go to. But for now, <laughs> that's a wrap. You like those flicks? Come get your fix in a podcast called Mixed Bag.